This is Everything with Allie Levine, hosted by Hollywood mom, celebrity stylist, influencer, and Bravo reality star, Allie Levine. On this podcast, you'll get a mix of, well, literally everything, from motherhood to fashion, lifestyle to spiritual well-being, all real and raw. Allie interviews celebrities, experts, influencers, entrepreneurs, and so much more. Tune in weekly to be inspired, empowered, and entertained. Welcome back to Everything with Allie Levine. I'm your host, Allie, and I'm so, so excited for today's guest. I have another amazing woman for my podcast today. I was on her fabulous podcast. I love everything she does. I have the fabulous Jen Glance, and Jen is the founder of the viral business, Bridesmaid for Hire, the creator of the project, Finally the Bride, the founder of the blog, The Things I Learned From, the voice of the podcast, You're Not Getting Any Younger, the founder of the coaching biz, Jen and Juice, and the author of the Amazon best-selling books, All My Friends Are Engaged and Always a Bridesmaid for Hire, published by Simon & Schuster. Jen, welcome to my show. Thank you so much. And thank you for that awesome introduction. Oh my gosh, you deserve it, girl. Like you have so much going on. You're so inspiring. I love everything that you've been doing for, I've been following your career now for quite some time. We became friends like quite a few years ago and connected and I just love all you're doing. And I was so excited to have you on my show today because I want you to share like, you know, this journey of how you got here because you share so vulnerably and so beautifully in everything you do. And I think it just attributes to all the success and everyone that comes around you and the community you build. I'm in, you know, one of your Facebook groups and I see the amazing women around you. My daughter's queuing, clearly she agrees. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's just, it's so inspiring. So tell us, tell us more about you and how, you know, you came to here and the journey of Bridesmaid for Hire. Well, I love it. And, you know, I always say when people read off my list of accomplishments, there's so much more to the story. And for everything that I have done that has made it to the public eye, there's so many things that have failed. There's so many times where I wanted to give up. There's just always so much more to the story. And to start off with Bridesmaid for Hire, it was almost an accident. I was at a time in my life where all of my friends were getting engaged and I was always their bridesmaid. And then on a whim, really distant friends started asking me to be their bridesmaid. And I thought to myself, this is so odd. I'm barely friends with them. And I was venting to my roommate and she was like, Jen, you have become a professional at this point. And after she said that, I was like, wait, maybe if I can do this for distant, distant friends, maybe I can do this for strangers. So one night I was just like so fed up. My bank account was drained because I was always a bridesmaid for everybody else. And I posted an ad on Craigslist and I offered my services to strangers as a hired bridesmaid. The ad blew up. I had people emailing me from all over the world. And within a couple of days, I launched a business and I had my first client in Minnesota who hired me to be her bridesmaid. So that was sort of how I started it. And to be honest with you, there were so many points during that moment, those couple of days where I could have not done it, where I could have talked myself out of it, where I could have been an imposter and been like, you know what? I'm not worthy of this. I'm not good enough to do this. Like there were so many ways that this could have not happened. And it almost took this insane amount of trust and courage and just the acceptance of trying something and risking it that brought me to where I am today. And I'm so grateful for just being so alert in that moment and making those decisions because it was not like me to do something like that. And yet here we are now. 
Yeah, which is incredible because it really shows, you know, your vulnerability. I mean, not many people would, you know, let alone start a business around this, but create an ad that ended up going viral. I mean, take us back. Like, what was that moment like for you? And did you feel vulnerable or were you excited or like, what was the flood of emotions? Because I can imagine there was a lot. Yeah. And there's, there's always so much more to every story. And I rarely share this, but that day I had taken a meeting with these women who had a conference and I really wanted to speak at. So I convinced them to meet me at a coffee shop in New York city. And I pitched myself and they were like, okay, Jen, but like, not to be rude, you're really like a nobody. And you know, like, we just don't think you're a good fit for the conference. And I remember being like, so upset and angry. And then I sat down that very night to write the ad. And I think what got me to press send was just this feeling of like, no, I'm not a nobody. Like, yes, I am good enough to do whatever I want to do in this world. And it was just like reeling off of this anger and frustration I had about that failed meeting that got me to press the send button. And it's crazy how things like that happen because we can deal with rejection and failure in two ways. We can shut down, which I've done many times before, or we can channel that energy, that negative energy into something that fuels ourselves and creates opportunities for ourselves. So I took this random idea and I only put it out there in the universe because I was having a bad day and I was sick of feeling a certain way. And that's the honest truth behind the ad. I love that. And thank you for sharing that with us because I think, you know, there's so many, you know, that are listening that will be like, oh my gosh, you know, look at her and all the accomplishments and everything she's done. And I appreciate that you were so raw and vulnerable to share in that moment. Like not only were you like, oh my gosh, no, I am enough. And you almost claimed your power back because someone else told you that you weren't enough, which, you know, was obviously bullshit. And, you know, it's like you, instead of, you know, cowering or, you know, hiding and deciding like, okay, well then I guess, you know, that's that you were like, no, I'm going to just, I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to post this. And like, why not? And because you did, I believe the universe answered and you were like, you know, woke up to this like flood of messages and being viral and being like, oh my gosh, I guess I'm going to start a business. And like, I just went from being someone who was told I'm not enough to like the universe literally telling me, no, that's not true. You are enough. You're so right. And honestly, like every good thing, every single good thing that has ever happened to me came from a similar kind of moment. And I trace this back to being in high school. I wanted to be a writer my whole life. It was just like, you know, when like you're born with something, you're like, this is what I meant to do. I felt that since I was four years old. Okay. And I remember being in high school, trying out for the high school newspaper. And the teacher was like, no, you're not on the newspaper staff because you're not a good writer. And after that moment, I felt so defeated. But then again, I didn't give up on myself. And I applied to write for like the local newspaper and they ended up hiring me, which is just to say that like, I I think early on, especially because I knew I wanted to be a writer and do creative things, I, I just learned that when people tell you no, you have to find ways to create opportunities if you care about something so much. So literally like my, my book deals, my podcast, the business, like every single thing I have came out of a moment where I got rejected or someone told me I wasn't good enough. And that's like the, the mantra of my life is like, if I listen to all of these people, I wouldn't be who I meant to be. And I feel like there's so many people out there who can relate to that. And then sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to ignore people, especially if we love those people or we trust those people. But if we know something is right or we want to take a chance, we can't be the ones who stop ourselves. And I think that's so important to remember. 
Yeah. Well, and you know, what you're speaking to, you know, in my opinion is like, you know, you, you know, connected back to you, you know, you as source, you know, you as the creator, you know, no matter, you know, whatever anybody believes, you know, whether it be, you know, God, universe, anything, you know, it's like, we're all, you know, connected and we all can connect back to that source and that inner knowingness if we allow ourselves to. And I just think it's amazing that you choose to time and time again, instead of listening to the limiting beliefs that society wants to give us. And instead of listening to the noise that's really around you, you're like, no, I'm just going to do it. And like, look at all the things you've done. I know. And I honestly, like, I don't know why I feel this way and I don't have a reason, but I've always felt like a sense of urgency to live life like as fast and as much as I can. And I don't have like a reason, but I've always felt an urgency not to waste time. And I think because of that, it stresses me out because of that. I live very chaotically and because of that, I don't have any type of balance in my life. So there's negatives, but I've always felt this sense of urgency. And I've always sort of understood that you can't wait for anyone to give you anything in this life. It's, it's not going to happen. If you want something so badly, you have to figure out a way to, to try it yourself, to do it yourself. And then maybe it'll get big enough or popular enough that other people will care, but that shouldn't be a reason why you start something. So I think that like, because I, I live this way, because I have this mindset, it makes for me not to, to waste so much of my quality time on this earth, caring so much about what people say or will say and just doing, which again is why, yeah, you know, you, I have so many accomplishments, but there's so many things that have failed that we're not talking about today. Right. And like, those are the things that I look at as some of my major accomplishments because they told me what to pursue and they told me what to try again on. And those failures I'm more proud of than anything I've accomplished. Yeah. And I love that you said that because I think that, you know, when it comes to being an entrepreneur like myself as well, it's so easy to dwell on the failures. It's so easy to sit there and be like, oh, well, okay. I didn't do it. Or like, oh, well, that sucks. Like I put my heart and soul into that blood, sweat and tears and didn't go anywhere, but you're right. It teaches you so much. And it also really points you in the direction of where you're meant to go. Yeah. And, and I think that's so important to remember that is because just because you got rejected or you failed or you didn't get that job or whatever it is, it doesn't mean that it's over for you. It just means you need to figure out what to do next. So I've, I've tried to as much as I can, and I've been, you know, I'm not perfect at this. Sometimes I've had to rely on help from other people. Like my mom, I remember when I was pitching my second book to publishers and I was getting rejected, like so many rejections. I think I got like 20 in one week. And every rejection they send you has a reason why they're rejecting you. So it's like devastating to read. And I kept calling her basically saying like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And she kept saying to me, it only takes one. Yes. It only takes one. Yes. So I sort of love that as a mantra for life of like, you know, if you're applying for jobs or you're trying to do something and you get a lot of rejection, that's okay because you only need one. Yes. And I don't know, that, that was just like a powerful moment in my life just to realize like, it's okay if 20 to 40 publishers reject you because all you need is one to say yes and, and it will happen eventually. Yeah, so true. And I mean, thank you for being real about that, that, you know, you saw that many rejections and still published your book, you know, and congrats to you on that. And I think that that's very inspiring for anyone listening to think about that and think that like, you really do only need one yes. And that, you know, again, you don't have to listen to what 
you know, just because maybe the majority is saying, you know, this isn't going to be that, like you said, for you, you haven't allowed the majority to rule, you know, your life or your career. It actually sounds like you haven't really allowed anything to, you've kind of disrupted that and just been able to keep powering through as you. I think, you know, I've been saying this a lot lately when I'm trying to define self-love and I think you can define self-love in so many ways, but I think when it comes down to it, self-love to me, and this is something that I've learned the hard way, I've learned the dirty way is trusting yourself. And I think to trust yourself, you have to know yourself, you have to understand yourself, you have to stand up for yourself, you have to, you know, own up to parts of yourself that maybe you don't love. And I think that like, learning to trust yourself makes a lot of things a lot easier because you know how you're going to recover from things. And I just, I find this idea of learning how to trust yourself such a powerful one because for so many of us, we don't. And we maybe we've never had to because we've relied on acceptance from other people, from our jobs and all of these things. But, you know, I do think I, I try to practice this quite often is the art of trusting myself because I do think that that comes down to self-love, which you know, fuels you when you're having tough days or fuels you as an entrepreneur when you just want to give up or, you know, it just keeps you going. Yeah. I mean, trust me, I have plenty of those moments as an entrepreneur and especially as a busy mom, like, or I'm just like, oh, I, I'm just exhausted or like, I'm so sick of hearing no, or that didn't happen. And like, why am I keep pushing? But you're right. It's like, right when you're, in my opinion, it's like, right when you're about to break, the breakthrough comes. Yes, I know. And I hate, I don't like that. That's a thing. You know, I don't like that. It's like when you're like mascara is all over your face and your hair is everywhere and you're just like fed up that like the thing happens, but it is sort of like that. But I, you know, I, I also do think like, and I've learned this too, the hard way, like a huge part of trusting yourself is listening to yourself and knowing when you like need to temporarily give up or when you really just need to like walk away and not be mad at yourself for that. You know, like I can't even imagine what it would be like to be a busy mom, but you know, I just know like in days in my life where I'm just having a really hard day or a bad day, or I just like, don't feel great. It's about letting myself say, you know what, like, I can't finish this to-do list today. And I have to be okay with that. And that's a tough process. And that's something I struggle with immensely, but I do think it goes back to learning how to trust yourself too. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's so true. And I think you're right. The self-love part, you know, there's so much to that, the self-care, there's so much to both of those things, because I think that you know, self-care became like this buzzword in society, but it really means so much more. And it means the self-love that you're speaking to. And it means that, you know, you are putting yourself first and figuring out, you know, what you can actually handle and what you can't, what you might need to let go of and all those things. And, and I think you're right. It all is kind of comes together in one, you know, uh, circle because one thing connects the other. And I've had to realize that, especially with motherhood of like what I need to let go of, what I need to hold on to, you know, and pray constantly pre like reprioritizing and juggling and having a million balls in the air. And it's just like, but you're right. It, it, you know, it's like, that is so important um, in what we do, especially as entrepreneurs. And Jen, so like, I want to, you know, I want to get into, you know, so you launched this business, you know, with Rise Me For Hire, it's, you know, done very well, like you said, and you have your podcast, you know, you have your book now, you all these different entities of you and your brand and who you are. And when you kind of got into these different businesses, like, did you feel like each time you stepped into a different part of this, of your brand, and I guess of, you know, each part of um, your entrepreneurial journey, was there a new 
vulnerability that you had to work through? Was there a new, you know, fear or, you know, risk that you had to take? Like, what would you share with those listening, especially those that might want to be entrepreneurs or step into something or are changing something in their life right now because of the pandemic? I think a lot of people are changing their lives and their decisions. You know, what would you share that maybe like you experienced, you know, in a similar sense, as far as like your own fears or your own vulnerabilities, you know, in your um, circumstances? Yeah, it's such a great question because I do think every time you start something, you have to to deal with a new vulnerability. You know, with the business, you're putting an idea out there. And when you're putting an idea out there, you're showing a side of yourself that maybe the people around you don't know, don't understand, are shocked by. And I know with Bridesmaid for Hire, I was very vulnerable because I was putting myself out there as a service, but also a lot of people in my life were calling me names, were telling me I was weird or crazy or that this idea was bad. And I had to be so vulnerable, not only in defending the business, but defending myself and losing friendships. Like that was terrifying. And then with, you know, writing a book and I'm a nonfiction writer, you're putting your life stories out there. And I remember after I, you know, I've written three books now all nonfiction. And every time I publish one, it's on a bookshelf. I start to have this panic where I'm like, oh my God, I put too much out there. Like, can they pull it from the shelf? Can they edit it? Because it's terrifying that complete strangers are going to read your stories. And that is extremely vulnerable. And, you know, I have the kind of problem where I tell strangers more than I tell my friends. So there's things in this book where there's things I say on these podcast interviews that my own friends don't know. And that is like vulnerability that I struggle with, with, you know, intimacy with friendships. That's, that's hard. And the podcast, you're being vulnerable because it's your voice, it's your personality. So, you know, I think anytime you do something new or you create change in your life, like you're going to be putting some part of you out there on a pedestal with a spotlight. And because of that, it's not going to feel comfortable. It's, it's going to feel weird and you're going to want to run away. But if you stick around, you're going to learn dozens and dozens of new lessons that will completely change your life more than anything else will. So I'm the kind of person who I believe in risk, but I believe in doing it in a safe kind of way. Because I do think that anytime you take a risk or you try something, there's going to be so much that you take from it that you can't get by watching Netflix or by journaling or by doing anything else, but just being vulnerable. And I think that's just something that I find so much power in. And I love watching people's journey of doing that because they won't know how much they learn until they've done something. Yeah. I mean, God, so many gems there. I, you know, I think that for me too, you know, when I share either here on my podcast or on my social media, I've had several times where family and friends have said, you know, you didn't share with me, you were going to postpartum depression. You didn't share with me that you were having major anxiety. You didn't tell me you were struggling. And it's like, you know, you want to like say to them, like, well, I, it was just hard for me to say, but it's like, it's so hard for them to understand why it's so hard for you to say, but then you can just say it on a podcast or you can just write it in a book or you can just, you know, articulate it to a stranger, like you said, and step into that vulnerability. But you're right. It's like in a weird way, there is kind of this like strange comfort in being vulnerable to a stranger sometimes than it is to be intimate with our own family and friends. 
I, this is like the number one thing I struggle with. And it's the number one reason why I've lost so many friendships in my life is because I just have issues opening up to the people around me who I'm close to. And I think it's because I don't want to burden them. Or I think it's because, you know, I want them to think of me in a certain way, but you get me in front of a stranger. And I'm like, here's every secret I've ever had. And I find that this is something I struggle with so much. And it makes me super lonely because I don't let people get so close to me who I want to be close to me. So it's like this like psychological like thriller I put myself on. But, you know, I do think another challenge of just being an entrepreneur, especially when maybe your friends or your loved ones aren't, is that you don't really know how much to talk to them about it because you don't really know if you want their advice or you don't want their doubt or you don't want their judgment. So you sort of hide all of that. And then you find yourself on like a podcast or with another random entrepreneur you hardly know. And you're like, oh my God, here's all of my problems. And you find that maybe they can relate to that aspect of your life better. And I've sort of had to learn over the years, and I don't know if this is good or not good, but to sort of have variety with the kinds of people I'm friends with. Because if all of your friends are people who don't understand your entrepreneurship journey or you becoming an author or podcaster, then you're oftentimes going to feel so blocked with what you, what you share and what you don't share. And if you find people who are also doing similar things to you, you can open up that side of your life a little bit more. You feel a little bit more at ease. But yeah, I mean, this is like the number one problem I have with relationships and people is that I just, I don't open up so much and it's for many reasons. Yeah, no, I totally get it. And like, I've had my own family say to me, like, you know, you don't tell us things and we find it out on Instagram and it's like, it's not meant, you know, I say to them, it's not meant to be hurtful. It's not meant to be, you know, malicious. It's not meant to be secretive. It's, it's me pouring out my heart in that moment and instead of picking up the phone and saying, this is what I'm going through, or this is what I'm feeling, I may not even be able to get the words out for me personally and writing it out all of a sudden, you know, it flows and it floods and then there it is, you know? And so I completely understand. And, and especially someone who, you know, you do share so much and you are so vulnerable about your truths and everything you go through, you know, it's, I, I can imagine it's quite intense and vulnerable for you. So, you know, going back to that component, of that self-love, self-care. How do you do that for yourself as an entrepreneur and as someone who does share so vulnerably with the world quite often? You know, one of the rules I've had that I've been writing up for the internet since like 2010, one of the rules I have is that whenever I put something out there, it's not something I'm currently living. It's not something I'm currently feeling. And that doesn't mean it's not authentic, but it's something that I've processed. It's something that maybe I've overcome. So because of that, there's a lot of my life that I don't actually share. And I share a lot. You know, I, I have been blogging for 10 years. I have books. I have all this stuff. So I share more than most people. And the average person would think they know everything about me, but I really only share, let's say like 75% of my life. There's a huge chunk that like I keep complete secret that would shock people. And I think by having that type of boundary, it allows me to not feel like I have to show up for the world when I'm not ready, but instead it allows me to show up to the world and bring what I feel I have processed and I have learned from and do Doing that, I think, allows me to protect a little bit more of my life, which I think is super important for self-care because, you know, then it allows you to feel like you are a, a normal human who can process things like normal humans do, which is behind closed doors, but which, is, which is not with millions of strangers watching it unfold. So I've had to set boundaries and I've had to really stick to those boundaries, which means a lot of times when I'm going through something, maybe I'll write the Instagram post for it, but I won't put it out there until I feel like I have processed it and I am ready. So I think that's important is having boundaries, but 
I also think it's super important to be, and I don't believe, I don't really love the word self-care and I don't really love the word balance because I'm not an expert in either of those things. I fail at both. So I'm not really into balance as much as to really just let myself forgive myself. So there's times in my life where I'm a really bad friend or I'm a really bad fiance or I'm just like a really bad everything, but I'm really good at my job. And then there's other times where I'm like really bad at my job, but I'm spending a lot more time with my friends and watching movies and things like that. So I've had to learn more than self-care or balance the art of forgiveness and almost like this ebb and flow kind of thing where, you know, you can't, I don't really think I can be good at both. I think I have, I'm like an extreme kind of person and I just have to understand myself. And then I have to just be able to really forgive myself. That's what I would define as my self-care. I really love that. And thank you for sharing that because I think that there is so much peace to be found in forgiveness and even if you know the other person on the other line or other people or whatever might be aren't aware that you're forgiving it's not for them it's for you and you know what you just described of how you give back to yourself and how you allow yourself to be able to stand back up and stand back in your power a lot of that comes from you allowing that forgiveness to happen yeah you know I think like when I don't forgive myself, I just feel really bad about myself. And then that wastes time and you can't go back and change things. And you, sometimes you, you know, you have a lot of consequences. Like I I say this all the time. I, as much success as I've had in business, I have had a lot of not success in personal life. Like I've lost so many friends because I've been a horrible friend. And, you know, before I met my fiance, dating was like impossible. So I've lost a lot because I've given up so much to do what I've done. And I look back and some days I I regret it. And some days I just remember like, you're not going to be the perfect person in all situations when you're working so hard on anything. And you have to just remember that. Like there's nobody I know. And I, and I, I feel like I know a lot of people who do a lot of awesome things. There's nobody I know who's perfect in all aspects of their life. There's always one thing that's sort of falling apart or like hanging off a cliff, you know, and like that's being human. And anybody who, who tries to portray their life as being so put together in every aspect is not telling the truth. I really don't think so. Yeah, as you hear my daughter crying, clearly, <laughs> clearly, you know, I mean, it's like, and I love that you said that, that realness, because I think more and more people, you know, need to hear that. And anyone listening, you know, write that down, you know, first off that art of forgiveness, but then that second part of where Jen spoke to the fact that, you know, she is aware that, you know, there are areas of her life where one day she'll be killing it and the other areas are suffering and vice versa. And, you know, myself too, you know, and it's like, I think that when you release that, idea of balance and you release that pressure of I must get all this done or I must show up on all levels of you know this 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 at a hundred percent and like you said you just allow yourself to be human and you just experience it and you do your best that's something that I have learned so heavily in the last few years of motherhood of giving myself grace and it has changed the game for me when it comes to business, when it comes to my husband, when it comes to my girls, when it comes to myself. And I just let myself not only be human, but I let myself some days like it today was a total business day. And I had so much to get done and I made it happen. And there, you know, and clearly as Arlie's crying, she, you know, needs me and I need to, you know, get back to mom life. And, you know, those things slip and I haven't had a minute to, you know, talk to my husband and, you know, but it's like, and then yesterday was a more of a family day and I barely got any work done. It's like, I think that the more we allow those moments, the more that we create that space for ourselves and we say, 
it's totally okay to be human like this and to fail in some areas and be succeeding in others and then have it flip the next day. You know, that in my opinion is like the harmony of life and forget the balance. I love that. And I love hearing you say that as a mom of two and all that you do, it's just like, you know, you saying that and people watching your journey in your life, they get to see it in the most authentic kind of way. And I, I think the problem lies within people just believing other people who are like, everything is perfect. I work eight hours. I have two kids. Like, you know, I think like people, there's a lot of value in people like you, Allie, who just show it and tell it like it is. And it, that to me is the biggest way people can grow and learn to be just okay with what they're dealing with and experiencing. Yeah. Well, thank you. And I think that, you know, the way you share vulnerably and honestly, how you share, you know, your life and your business and everything you go through. I think it's why so many, you know, follow you and are inspired by you and, you know, love to read your books and follow your podcast. So your most exciting news of all is that, you know, you've said your fiance. So I want to, you know, I, I want to get into that for a minute here. Like, how is it, you know, being engaged, you know, going through everything you went through, especially with your brand being about the fact that you're, you know, a bridesmaid for hire, like, what does that like look like now for you? And like, you know, how has that journey unfolded? When we got engaged, it was like nothing I've ever experienced before. And I mean that in like the worst kind of way, I was so overwhelmed. I was so miserable, not because I don't like my fiance. He was great. It was just like, everyone was coming at me with questions, with like, what are you going to do? Like, have you planned this? And I'm, I'm the kind of person who like, I've worked hundreds of weddings, but I've never thought about my own wedding. And here I was like an hour after getting engaged, like having to figure all of this out. And about a week after getting engaged, I just was like, I can't do this. So I did something weird instead. I built a website called Finally the Bride, where I let strangers vote on every single one of my wedding decisions, where to get married, the date, should we have an open bar? Like I'm talking every decision. And I built this whole website. I put it up before telling my fiance. And then I was like, hey, Adam, like, what do you feel about this? And obviously he knows me very well. So even though he was sort of not into it, he was like, just do whatever you want. But so I, I planned this whole wedding because of what strangers had told me and voted on and they planned the whole thing for me. And then the pandemic happened. So everything got canceled and it was such an unusual type of thing to happen to the wedding industry and to people getting married. So the whole wedding was canceled. Now we're trying to figure out what to do this year and strangers are helping again, but I decided through it all to sort of write about the journey in my book, Finally the Bride, about what it's like when you've worked hundreds of weddings and then the table is flipped and now you're dealing with the, the situations of you know, how do you create your guest list without pissing everybody off? And, you know, you and your fiance, like there's a lot of stress and pressure that goes on you when you get married and all of these things. So the, you know, the whole experience for me has been a challenge in the sense of like, I'm trying to challenge it in every type of way from this lens. Cause usually as the bridesmaid, you're on the outside, you're like walking down the aisle. It's, it's fine. But now I'm like, what is this engagement process? And why is it like this? And does it have to be this chaotic? And then inside of a pandemic, does it have to be even more chaotic? So it's been, it's been interesting from this perspective. I can't say I enjoy being a bride and I can say, I just want it to be over with. I really do. <laughs> 
I mean, I, you know, I love the honesty. I think there's a lot of, you know, brides. I, I, I did not. I was totally that bride that like wanted to pick everything, do everything. I was like, mom, I pick this and do this. And my grandma, and like, it was like everything, every single little detail and, and then some, but I know there are many, many women who don't want to deal with any of it and they'd rather just have someone else do it for them. And so I'm sure, you know, for your audience, there's many that feel it's very helpful for you to be like, Hey, you know, pick it. And I, by the way, I was cracking up when you did that. Cause I totally helped vote when you originally sent that out. <laughs> Thank you. I, I mean, it was like, so cool. <laughs> you know what? It was the kind of thing where I'm like, I honestly don't care. And I know that's radical to say, but think about it. Like I've been to hundreds of weddings. I've seen everything, the good, the bad, like the horrific that to me, I'm like, you know what? I, I just, I don't really care. And letting other people involved in my wedding almost felt the, like the right thing to do since so many strangers let me into theirs. It's been comforting. You know, part of the website is people just sharing advice and there's been millions of people who voted. And sometimes when I'm like really upset, I'll read through a lot of the advice people are giving me. And strangers just have like, especially in this case, like the kindest things to say to other strangers about their wedding. Like there's so many people who are just writing in saying, you know, Jen, like we respect that you're doing this, but do what you want or like, don't feel guilty. And even though I don't know any of these people, it's just been such a wonderful process of planning this wedding, not feeling so alone, especially inside of a pandemic. So I just, I, as you can tell, and as I've said a lot, this, this interview is I just find so much comfort in strangers and I just always find ways to surround myself with them in masses. And I think that's just part of who I am and, and what I desperately love. I love that. I think that's so cool for you to be so vulnerable and, and share that and, you know, share that with your journey. You know, I think that people that are listening, you know, can get a, not only a more of a sense for you, but also you know, tap into their own vulnerabilities and tap into what really people think is weakness is actually strength because you've done so much of that, you know, in your career and in building your brand of who you are that you continue to, like I said in the beginning of the show, you know, step into that power of you and really embrace that vulnerability of you and, and let it be a strength and not a weakness. And so I just admire that so much about your journey. So thank you so much for sharing that with all of us. And is there anything else before I let you go that you'd want to leave us with? And of course, tell us where we can find you and follow you. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for having me on and, and letting me share my story. I always appreciate it. And it's always so good to share some of the lessons I've learned throughout the years. And if anyone wants to hang out, you can check me out, jenglance.com or come hang out on Instagram at jenglance. Check out the podcast, You're Not Getting Any Younger. And you can find all the books on Amazon if you just search Jen Glance on Amazon. And Ali, thank you so much. You are like the biggest role model and inspo for me. So I just appreciate you having me on today. Oh my gosh. You're so, you're so sweet. And I love being on your podcast too. And guys, everything she mentioned, and I'll put the show I was on with her in the show notes and, you know, take Jen's words to heart. You know, I watched her for years, grow her brand, everything she's done and how she continues to be inspired and inspire others and be vulnerable. So don't forget what she said about, you know, you just need one. Yes you know, the art of forgiving and how to really step into your own vulnerabilities and own your power. So Jen, thank you so much, guys. And next time, guys, cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening to Everything with Allie Levine. If you loved this episode, please leave a review, screenshot this episode, tell a friend, tag us on social media, subscribe, tune in weekly for new episodes and to continuously be uplifted, empowered and inspired.